If you know me for even just a little bit of time, you know I like sports. Anybody here not know that I like sports? I, 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 I like sports. I enjoy playing sports. Not that I was good. All right. I was, uh, uh, let me not, never mind. I enjoy playing sports. Played right bench for four years of uh, high school. And, uh, but I was on the team. And I enjoy playing them. I enjoy watching sports. Dolphins games, football games. I was watching the UNC game last night. I was cheering for UNC because Hoppy likes UNC. I'm sorry for your loss, Hoppy. I enjoy going to sporting events. One of, actually, one of the favorite parts of that song there that I like is when it said, like, I'm going to sing your name like I am unashamed, right? Because when you go to a sporting event, come on now, we're unashamed. People were looking at me funny this week when I was at Abigail's game. Because I was yelling, and I was shouting, and I was rooting and going. I had no voice. Somebody called me during the game. I did not answer. I called afterwards. They're like, are you sick? And I was like, no, I'm hoarse because I was yelling for the game. I was, I was in it. And so I grew up here in Miami going to University of Miami football games in the Orange Bowl. How many of you ever went to a game at the Orange Bowl? Anybody here ever go to the game at the Orange Bowl? If you never got to experience the Orange Bowl, there was no place like it. And I remember going to these games in the Orange Bowl and cheering. I mean, the atmosphere in the Orange Bowl. The crowd. I mean, like, like, do you remember that old song, I can feel it falling in the air? Okay, when you went into the Orange Bowl, you could feel the air. It was like an energy. There's people today that are still upset that the Orange Bowl is no longer there. But let me tell you something. As great as an atmosphere, as great as the Orange Bowl was, if you got the seat behind a pole, there is a problem. I mean, I, 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 you go into the OB. I mean, you, I remember we used to get the family pass, and it was for two adults and three kids. And, and my dad and I would go with my three brothers. So it was four, all five of us, we'd go. And sometimes it was right behind a pole. So, like, everybody would start cheering, and you'd be like, what was it? Like, what, what, what happened, right? Because you missed it. And as much as you're like, man, like, I missed the Orange Bowl, I don't miss the unobstructed views. As much as we say things like, I miss the Orange Bowl, I'm going to tell you what else I don't miss. The bathrooms, all 12 of them. There was a lot of issues. And can I tell you, as I'm talking about this, I, I want to drive home a point, and it's this. As great as an atmosphere, as a, great as a thing as it was, there was a lot of places where it wasn't good, and you couldn't see the field, and you had an obstruction, and many of us believers are living lives with obstructed views. Many of us believers are in the stadium, but we're missing out on what God has because of an obstruction in the view. And can I tell you something? Lack of holiness obstructs the view. Lack of holiness. And perhaps when you woke up this morning, you weren't thinking that we were going to hear about holiness at church. But let me tell you something. God is calling for his bride to be holy. God is calling for his bride, the church, to live a life of holiness. Throughout all of scripture, you see it talking about what was holy and what was common and the differentiating factor between a spoon that was holy and the one that was common, between the table that was holy and the one that was common was what it was set apart 
for. And you and I have been bought with the blood of Jesus and set apart for such a time as this. And we are called by God to live a life holy and pleasing unto him. Many of us, we get stuck with what we used to have and what used to be not realizing that where we were is obstructing where God wants to take us to. And the Bible calls us to live a life of holiness. I want you to go with me to the book of Peter this morning, 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter number 1, starting verse number 13, 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Who's got their Bible? If you've got a Bible, can you raise it? I want to see who's got Bibles. All right, Awesome. Encourage people to bring Bibles. I know it's great. We got it online, but man, there's something about highlighting and writing and doing. First Peter chapter one, verse 13, it says this, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Go back to verse 13. Look what most of says. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, I wrote this thought down. I'd I'd love for you to jot it down this morning. And I wrote it this way. Holiness starts with the mind. Holiness starts with the mind. Now, why do I say that? First of all, the Bible says there, gird up your loins of your mind. And it's interesting that Peter uses the, the, the idiom or the expression, gird up your loins. And as I was doing research on it, I learned that that was an expression that actually came from the Orient, from the Orientals. They would wear, as customary, they would wear these long like robes, okay? And before they were going to go into a battle, before they were going to go into action, they would literally like gir- or lift it up and tie a belt or something around it to hold it in place to be able to get into action. So Paul, I'm sorry, Peter is using this term that they had learned that they had seen saying, hey, it's time to pick it up, tie it and get ready to move. And it starts with the mind. Many of us, we lose at the onset because our mind is thinking about what it shouldn't be thinking. And our thought process and the shifting to holiness needs to start with what we're thinking. Romans chapter 12 tells us, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, as the the children of God, to live a life of holy, holy unto him. Then it says in verse number two, be not conformed to this world, but renew your mind. The renewing of your mind. I wrote down this thought. I'd love for you to jot it down. You can go back to it later. The constant renewing of your mind. It is a constant renewing of your mind. I was at a wedding a few weeks ago, and the day before the wedding, we were at the rehearsal, and and somebody got there, and and they got there late, and we're like, what happened? They're like, huh, we got pulled over on the way here. Were you speeding? No. The officer pulled us over, and... It was a gentleman, he, he doesn't live in Miami, it's a, he, he lives in, 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 in Washington, and he, he came and he was staying with his mom, and he was driving with her in the car, and he was driving her car, and they said, your tag's expired. 
And he looks, and the officer looked at him and said, why is it expired? And the mom says, I'm old, I forgot. The officer gave him a warning. They got the tag renewed. But here's the thing. We, there's things that we constantly have to renew. You don't renew it once and forget it. And your mind is one that has to be constantly renewed. Let me tell you why. There is a war for your thought process. There is a war for my thought process. It is being engaged constantly, daily, minute by minute with what you watch on TV, with what you see on social media, with what you get in a news article, with what you see anywhere, everywhere. There is constant bombardment and coming. And one of the biggest battles that we're facing with our minds right now is this thinking that we can do it. Live your you. Express your you, your reality, your this, your that. But Peter's writing, no, 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 no. Get your mind and gird it to what? To the obedience of God and to a life of holiness. And that only is going to happen as we constantly renew our mind and our understanding with what we put into it. And here's the question. What are we putting into it? What is it that we are constantly putting into it? Because holiness starts with the mind, and it is a constant renewing of the mind. If we go back to the verse, I'm going to read it again, verse number 13. Therefore, pick up the long garment, tie it up, and get ready to run. Told you what the definition of the phrase was. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the redemption of Jesus Christ. In other words, stop thinking that you can do it and rest on his grace. What did Jesus say in scripture? Pastor Antoine talked about it last Sunday when he said that Jesus said, the healthy don't need the physician, the sick do. And part of the situation that we're facing chronically in the church, right? I'm talking about the capital C church, the church of Christ, is this mindset that we have to figure it out and then go to God. It's this mindset that I need to fix things before I can go to God. It's this thought process that when I get things together, then I can go back. No, 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 and no. We don't rely on self, we put it on him. We rest on his grace. Now, that doesn't mean that you abuse grace. There are those that abuse grace. I know God will forgive me, therefore I will do this and say I'm sorry or repent. I'll do it later in life. When I'm older, right? We're singing Olaf's song. Everything will make sense was when I'm older. I, am I the only one that has little girls? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you might not get to when you're older. People daily are losing their lives. And there are people sitting in church pews around the world who lose their lives and do not make it to heaven because later I'll surrender. Oh, pastor, I wanted to leave church feeling good. You will because we're going to present the gospel and that's what makes you feel better. Jesus. 
but my role is not to tickle your ears. It goes on to continue saying obedience. Listen, obedience involves doing things you don't want. If I give you oh, 10 $100 bills and tell you go deposit it in your bank account, it's not going to require much obedience. Just do it. If I serve you your favorite meal, put it right in front of you. Here you go. Now, if I give you something you don't like, like put a plate of broccoli in front of me, I'm going to like obey. Right? I got to give the example to my children that I got to eat this stuff. Why is it difficult? Porque no cuesta. Because it's not easy. And that's what he says there. Look what he says because this is deep. It says, as obedient children, we're being called kids. Notice that. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. In other words, stop living the way we used to live because when we did that, we didn't know any better, but now we know Jesus. In society, we like to say things like, well, it's better to say I'm sorry or ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. We hear that a lot. Have you ever heard that before? I'm not going to ask you if you've done it. Why? Because when you do it in ignorance, but we're not supposed to be ignorant anymore. We now know that this is sin. It's unholy. Therefore, God says you need to stop doing it. But that hurts. That, that's a, it's, it's, a cho it's a choice. It is a choice to start thinking to do what God wants you to do. I love that in so many Psalms, David writes, teach me your ways, teach me your ways. I was reading Psalm 119 throughout this week, and I've highlighted every single time. It says, teach me your statues, teach me your ways, teach me your statues, teach me your ways. Here's the thing. God is constantly teaching us, and the closer we get to him, and the closer he calls us to holiness, the more we are separated to be like him, the more we are separated to do what he wants us to do, the more we are distinguishable from the world, or at the very least, we should be. Here's the problem with the church, capital C, church today. We are unrecognizable or undistinguishable between the lost person and the saved person, and that's the problem. Here is a truth. God accepts everyone. Come to him just as you are. But here's the second truth. He doesn't want you to stay the way you are. But we do this a lot. Oh, it's just who I am. I, I just deal with anger. Oh, I deal, I have an, 
addictive personality. Oh, because my great-great-grandfather was an alcoholic and my grandfather was an alcoholic and my so was an alcoholic, then I, this is me and this is the cross I have to bear. You don't carry the cross. Jesus did. He paid the price. You obey him and let him take that crap out of your life. I'm going to get in trouble for saying that later. That way. Stop living in the obstructed view. I can't tell you how many times in, in, in almost two decades of ministry that I have done. I know I look young. I've had people tell me things like, Pastor, I just wish I knew my purpose. What is God calling me to do? I don't know what he wants. I don't know what the next step is. I'm going to be very blank. I'm going to be very, 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 very blunt. If we're sitting behind a pole, we miss the game. And many times we miss what God is leading us to do because of the sin obstructing the view, because of the lack of holiness obstructing the view, because we want to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, because we want to look like the world, speak like the world, act like the world, have everything of the world, but make it to heaven. And here's the reality. You have been consecrated and paid for by the most expensive thing on the world, which was the blood of Jesus Christ. You are no longer common. You and I are no longer common. We have been sanctified in our called to live a life of holiness a life of holiness a life of holiness it is impossible here's the reality i'm not saying you're living a sinless life we sin but when you are trying to live a life of holiness your mindset shifts and as a matter of fact when the holy spirit is renewing the understanding of your mind brings you conviction you repent and you get right with god Here's the thing that we also see throughout all of Scripture. When something lost its holiness, right? Let, let's go back Old Testament now. But when In the tabernacle, if one of the priests touched a dead body, they were now unclean. They had to be outside of the camp for a certain amount of time, but then they were allowed to get back in. With the blood of Jesus, it's not like, oh, now, you know, penitencia, a week, you can't do this. No, no, no. God will restore you immediately, but there has to be repentance, and there has to be a desire to change, and a desire to want to walk the way way he wants us to walk a call to holiness it starts with our mind the constant renewing of it the resting on his grace and I want to point something out here because it says verse 14 as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lusts because sometimes we read the word lust and we get hung up there because we say, well, I don't deal with sexual perversion and I didn't deal with sexual sin. The word lust, the actual word in the origin, means a strong desire for. It's not just sexual stuff. Whatever you had a strong desire for before you became a believer, before you surrendered to Jesus, and it could be a lust for power. 
a lust for gain of money, a lust for wealth, a lust for so many different things. And God is saying through Peter to the church and to us today, do not conform to your former desires. Remember, the Bible tells us in multiple verses, in multiple places, there is a war going on between our flesh and the spirit. God wants us to do something, but our flesh wants to do something else. God wants us to go one way, but our flesh wants to go another way. But there needs to come to an alignment. You ever driven your car, let go of the steering wheel, and it goes to the right? Because you need to take it to the alignment doctor, the mechanic that specifically has a tool that will raise your car up and align the drive shaft and every part of it so that when you let go of the steering wheel, it goes straight. Because as you continue to drive it that way, there's a worse wear on certain tires. See, it, oh man. There's so many things that start being affected in it. And many of us are fighting the steering wheel of our life, and God is saying, let me fix it for you so your tires won't wear, so your gas won't burn, so your oil won't be consumed. Let me fix it. But you need to walk a life of holiness and pleasing unto him. That means we got to let go of some stuff. But letting go of stuff requires faith, doesn't it? Right? Monkey bars. Anybody ever done monkey bars? I can't do them anymore because I'm old. When you get on the monkey bars, it's not really because I'm old. It's because I'm not strong enough to carry my own weight. But anyways, when you get on the monkey bars, you go forward to one ring. And momentum will carry you to the next one. But if you don't let go of the previous ring, what you do is get stuck. Your momentum stops and you get stuck. And then it becomes dead weight. What does you need to do? You got to let go of the previous ring to swing over into the next one. Guys, we need to let go of what we used to be, those cultural things in our life. Oh, I'm this way because I'm Hispanic, or I'm this way because I'm black, or I'm this way because I'm white, or I'm this way because I'm Asian, or I'm this way because I'm from Spain, I'm this way because of this. No, 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 no. We've been bought with the blood of Jesus. We act like Jesus. We talk like Jesus. We act like him. We dress like him. We do the things like him. My identity is no longer in being a Cuban. My identity is no longer in being Dominican. Santo. My identity is no longer in what it was. My identity is now found in Christ. And the identity found in Christ needs to be an identity that pursues holiness that chases after holiness. It means holiness in what? Watch, because it says it, right? Look what he continues saying. Verse 15, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. What does that mean? We talked about holiness in thoughts, holiness in all our conduct, holiness in what we watch, holiness in what we say, Holiness in what we tweet, holiness in what we post, holiness in how we behave, holiness in how we dress, holiness in how we act, holiness in how we drive. <laughs> holiness. I was laughing uh, in March when we went on our family vacation. Um, man, I... 
we, we were on vacation for, I think it was nine days or 10 days, something like that, and I did not hear a horn honk once in, the whole, in, in, in our trip, not once. I had not put my seatbelt on at the airport in Miami. And it's already, <laughs> welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos <laughs> a Miami. Holiness in every aspect of our conduct. Many of us, we think, they'll just never know. I can make it to church and I'll, I'll lift my hands or I'll do this or I'll do that. Nobody will know. But can I tell you what? He knows. Every thought. Every action, every deed, he knows. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a room or sitting in a conversation. It happened to me on Friday. I was at, no, Friday, what day? Friday, when? I was at a meeting. <laughs> and the meeting finished, and somebody who was at the meeting needed prayer. Uh, it, it wasn't a meeting, a church-related meeting. It was a board I sit on, and, and, uh, and I was at this meeting, and somebody needed prayer, so they came, and I, I talked to them, and I, I prayed with them, and then they're talking, and, and, and then they were going to tell me something, and they said, excuse me, pastor, I'm just going to say it the way I am, and they said it. Okay. Are you going to alter what you say because of where you are and who you're with without for remembering that God is always with you? I mean, I'm glad that you're not going to use certain language because I'm there because I don't want to hear that. But here's the reality. God does hear you. And the Holy Spirit does hear you. And the Holy Spirit sees when we get angry and when we act certain ways. And it's why then we feel conviction and we repent and we get right. But church, let me tell you something. It's time for us to intentionally begin to examine and pull out the things that are tripping us up. As a matter of fact, there's another verse that tells you to get rid of the sin that so easily entangles you. It uses the word ensnares. And many times that's what we do is like, okay, I'm going to get on this diet. I'm not going to say this anymore. I'm going to, you know, whatever. But when the diet's over and I get to the weight I want to be at, I'll go back to it. And it's kind of the, what we're playing with God. We come to him because we're in a crisis, we're in a problem. But then when he takes care of it, because he always does, we forget and we go right back and look at, well, again, I'm going to go back. I'm not making this up. It's what he wrote. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit, the apostle Peter. He says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts and desires, as in your ignorance. We now know, and as G.I. Joe would say, and knowing is half the battle. What is it that we are so stuck on? What is it that I'm so used to? And am I not realizing that it is obstructing the view of God's perfect plan for my life? And I'm relying on what did God say to you? What is God doing in you? 
What revelation did you get? What was that verse? Because there's this big pole right in front of us. And God says, I've got a new stadium for you. This new stadium has a big old LED jumbotron. This new stadium has plenty of bathrooms, much better food option. This new stadium has a view from everywhere you go. And it's why I've made you a new creation. The old things pass away and all things are made new. It's time for us to answer the call to holiness. Answer the call to holiness. God is calling. Let's hit the green button. That says yes. Now let me tell you what that entails. And as the worship team start coming to the altar, play something there on the piano. What does it entail? It entails saying, honestly, these are the things that I need to let go of in my life. It might be different for you and for you and for you and for you. You watching online, you might be dealing with a different thing than me or than somebody that's sitting on this side. But regardless of what it is, what is it in my life that God says, hey, that, I got something better. What fears, what anxieties, what pains, what things are we going back to and just holding on and carrying that God says, you don't need to carry that anymore. You don't need to deal with it anymore. I've paid the price for you. I sent my son to do what you would not be able to. And I've got a plan and I've got a purpose, a specific thing that I designed for you. But the lack of holiness is obstructing the view. Will you and I answer the call? I want everybody to stand to their feet. If, and if you're watching online, I want you as well, right there where you are, stand to your feet on your couch or Whatever, if you're actually listening to this as you were driving, pull over and listen and give God a minute. This is not a time to multitask. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable with the one who already knows you inside out. And let him point out in our lives things that need to be let go to be able to walk into the new in a life of holiness pleasing unto him the worship team's going to begin to just lift a song unto God and I want you just talk to him let him show you leave it to him this morning say God I, I leave you this addiction God I this friendship. God, I, I'm sleeping with my, my girlfriend and we're not married. I'm going to stop because you called me to holiness. I'm living with somebody and I'm not married. We're going to go get married because you called me to holiness. I'm doing it. Be honest with God. He already knows. And as we shift into a life of holiness, the game becomes clear. Come on, just talk to him right where you are. Talk to him.